You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. And you love people where they're at. You love them where they're at. Don't love them when they get to where you want them to be. If you love them where they're at, they'll get where they need to be with God. Because love is what conquers. Not cynicism. Not scorn. Not critical spirits. You know why uh, Daniel was promoted all the way to the top in the kingdom of Babylon, I believe it was, is because he had an excellent spirit. He was in Babylonian captivity with the rest of them. One of the marks of a mature Christian is their ability to love other people. Love was the main message of Jesus' ministry. He was able to love people who were overlooked in society. It's not hard to love people who have something to offer us, but it is harder to love the least of these. In today's message, Pastor Gary will be sharing the importance of loving people well. Love is the most important thing in the life of a believer. If we go out and believe in Jesus but don't love people, we're missing the whole message. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Psalms chapter 1. As he continues his message, it's all true. That you are happy if you don't live with bad associates. Look at this. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Not only do you need to quit listening to them, you need to quit hanging out with them. That's right. That's exactly right. reason some of you won't serve God is because you put too much credit in, in somebody's opinion on you that don't even know God, that, don't, that hates the church, that resents the church. And uh, they're your best friend. Well, it's time to get some new friends, honey. Because you'll never be happy hanging out with bad associates. Now, I know that we're in the world and not of it. And I know that Jesus didn't pray that the Lord would take us out of the world, but that he would deliver us from evil. And I know that we need to be salt and light. And I'm not talking about being a Pharisee. I'm not talking about excommunicating yourself from anybody that's not a Christian to the degree that you can't be a witness. What I'm talking about is not giving them the power to influence you to not serve God. What I'm talking about is be a friend so long as that friendship don't violate your first commitment to your first love, Jesus Christ. But if and when that associate begins to pull you down, it's time to anchor to the ankles of Jesus and worship at his feet and abandon the friends and the associates that cause you to walk away from God in your practice and actions. Can I get an amen? Listen to me, young people. You'll not do yourself any favors by hanging out with people who hate God. You hang out with them so long as you can witness to them and you can love them and you can be a light. But beyond that, you do not let them compromise your convictions. You do not let them cause you to become like them. We are supposed to be the influencers, not the influenced. Amen. And if you want to be really happy, it don't come in popularity. 
It don't come in trying to please the masses. It don't come by fitting in. It don't come by being just another number and going along with the flow. Amen. It don't come by being cool and received by your lost associates. It comes when you owe your allegiance to Jesus Christ at any and all cost, even if the whole world forsakes you, you have decided to follow Jesus, and that's the only place that you'll really be happy and you'll really be blessed. Somebody say amen. Don't stand in the way of sinners. It's all a lie. They just try to convince you they're happy. But when the friends are gone and the money's gone, they're empty. And, and before the friends are gone, and before the money's gone, they're empty. They think they're happy, but they're just drowning out the noise of their soul, which cries out to God for mercy and help. Amen? Amen. Uh, happy are you if you don't live by bad advice. Happy are you if you don't live with bad associates. But look at the third part. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counts of the ungodly, or stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Let me say this. Happy are you if you don't live with a bad attitude. Amen. You know why a lot of churches today have lost their joy and they've lost their compelling attribute? They can't draw anybody in, but they can sure can repel a lot of people because of stinking, rotten, bad, scornful, cynical, judgmental, pharisaical attitude sitting in the pews today. Amen. Amen. Everybody living like the devil, living for themselves, then come to church, pretend like they're holier than everybody else, and then talk about everybody, and no wonder they don't want to come back because you run your mouth about them. Can I get an amen? I hope none of y'all did. Y'all don't forget I've got a broader audience. But if the shoe fits, we need to wear it, don't we? You'll be blessed if you lose that cynical attitude. If even if what they did was true, it's none of your business to broadcast it. A friend covereth a multitude of sins. That's what the Bible says. And let me go ahead and address this too. Well, I think we should just tell it like it is. Just if you're thinking it, you might as well say it. That's where you're wrong, my friend. Amen. I've thought a lot of things that I'm glad I didn't say. Amen. Might I be so bold as to say since I've been here? I have thought some things that I'm sure glad I didn't voice my opinion because later I learned I was wrong. We uh, open our mouths before our minds think sometimes. We get cynical and critical. And the Bible says if you want to be blessed, you can't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't be that sour person. Don't be that person that's full of judgmentalism. Don't be the in the negative sense, and we play around with this phrase, and if this is your title for fun, I'm not aiming this at you, please. But don't be the mouth of the South. <laughs> As it relates to being judgmental and cynical and critical, I have been in spiritually hostile environments in my days of ministry. And that's why I love what God's doing at Washington Heights. There is a sense of unity, and it really is to the level of what I would describe as a move of God here. 
we need not ruin it. We need to guard and protect that. Because as God blesses, and I know you look around and some Sundays you're like, well, where'd they go? If y'all remember a few weeks after I was here, we got up to 80 in attendance. And then, then COVID hit and it don't seem like we can get that consistency back. Don't worry about the numbers. The numbers will take care of themselves. You worry about you and God and you love people where they're at. You love them where they're at. Don't love them when they get to where you want them to be. If you love them where they're at, they'll get where they need to be with God. Because love is what conquers. Not cynicism. Not scorn. Not critical spirits. You know why uh, Daniel was promoted all the way to the top in the kingdom of Babylon, I believe it was, is because he had an excellent spirit. He was in Babylonian captivity with the rest of them. But he maintained an excellent spirit. He didn't allow his disappointments and his frustrations of being in exile cause him to lose his joy and his happiness. And no matter what the devil threw at him, he just come out of shouting. Because he knew that his God was bigger than his enemy. His God was bigger than his circumstance. His God was bigger than his mistakes. And his God was bigger than his sin. Can I get an amen? And he was happy because he wasn't a scornful individual. And God blessed him for it. And it's just the law of attraction. You attract people when when you're a blessing to them. Some of you need to learn how to pay a good compliment and with a smile. Amen. It'd do you some good to learn how to say something good about somebody instead of the contrary. Right? So a bad attitude breeds unhappiness and you lose the blessing of God. So let's walk this back now. If happiness is a result of... uh, when you don't live a bad attitude, then it will go without saying that the fix is also in verse number two, but his, what's the next word? Delight. That's a good attitude. His delight is in the law of the Lord. You know what that word delight means? It means pleasure and desire. What is the antidote for a bad attitude? It's having delight in the Word of God. It's having pleasure and desire in the laws and the Word of God. That you make it your portion to live according to the principles of God's Word and nothing makes you happier than when God's Word is being fleshed out in your life. Can somebody say amen? And if you want to lose your bad attitude, then delight yourself in this book. And the Lord, the Jesus, the sweet Holy Spirit of God will teach you how to love like Jesus. Teach you how to uh, be full of faith like Jesus. Teach you how to love others where they're at like Jesus. And he'll take away your cynical spirit. Uh, and he'll teach you how to love not only others, but love Jesus and love this word and love your church uh, and even love the person in the mirror. And some of you have lost your joy because you don't see any of the world through the lens of Christ. But if you'll delight yourself in the law of the Lord, you'll lose your cynical spirit. 
You'll pick up a spirit of excellence. You'll pick up a spirit of joy. You'll pick up a spirit uh, that sees the good in people uh, so far as the possibilities that the grace of God can bring to them. And you won't be so quick to give up on people. And you'll start loving people like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Amen. If uh, delighting in the Word is the antidote for a bad attitude... Let's look at the second part of verse 2. His delight is in the law of the who? The Lord. That's your new associate. We talked about bad associates. Let's talk about good associates. We'll start with the Lord. Amen. Well, they'll call me an oddball. Yeah, they will. They'll probably call you a lot worse than that. But you just go ahead and decide that the Lord... If I don't have no other friend, I'll have Jesus. If I don't have no other associate, I'll have the Lord. Because what He wants matters most. He bought me. He saved me. He redeemed me. He's the boss. I'm not even my own. I have no right to live life the way I want to live it. So I might as well owe my allegiance to none other than Jesus and let Jesus pick my friends. Amen. (laughs) This will help you a lot. The fix is the Lord, Jehovah, the eternally self-existent one who could live without you but decided not to. We love him because he first loved us. Think about that. You know why you can be a friend of God? Because God wants to be your friend. He didn't have to, but he wanted to. I'm more blessed that he wanted to than if he had to. Amen, because he didn't have to, but he chose to. He wanted to. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord uh, that he wanted to be my friend, uh, and he wanted me to be his friend, uh, and we have sweet communion on a daily basis because of the blessings of God Jehovah in my life. Amen. So uh, the Lord is an antidote for bad associates, and then uh, it says, His delights in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night in his law doeth he meditate the law of the lord is the antidote for bad advice amen if you want to fix the wrong thinking in your brain and in your heart get in this book it'll correct you and some of you need to get past letting your feelings get hurt when god corrects you you remember that passage we preached a few weeks ago The Holy Spirit's really pouring this into me right now. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. If you can take some corrective measures from the Lord, from the Word, and from your teachers and from your pastor, as they are directed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, it'll do a lot more good in the end than it will bad. And sometimes people cock an attitude. Well, how dare that preacher preach on social drinking or how dare that preacher preach i can't believe what he said can you believe what he said why, why don't you just uh just shh, shh. instead of talking listen to what the holy spirit saying to the church if you'll amen amen if you'll take it like medicine it may not taste good going down but it'll feel good in the long run amen, amen. that's right The Word of God is like medicine to my soul. Now, sometimes it's sweet as honey, but other times it's bitter to the taste. 
But in either case, it's good for my soul. Amen. Aren't you glad God has a full course? Amen. He has desserts and we like the desserts, but some of us just want, that's all we want. We want spiritual dessert. Bring out the sugar, preacher. We all like to shout it out. We all like to have a good time and there are appropriate times for spiritual dessert. He does at times just do nothing but love on us, right? And he's so sweet. He's so balanced. But he also says, you're going to eat these green beans whether you like them or not. Amen. You're going to eat your greens. You're going to eat. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Lord says, I know what's good for you. And right now, you don't need to be caressed. You need to be corrected. We'll caress later. Let's do some correction. The Word of God is, I mean, you just think about how loving that is, that He didn't leave us to our own devices. He could have just distanced Himself and said, Y'all just self-destruct. I don't have to have you. But He steps down into our life and He starts taking corrective measures that sometimes sting and hurt. Sometimes He takes us to the woodshed. Amen? And the Lord works us over sometimes. And it's all for our benefit. It really is. If, if we look at the closing verses here, it says in verse 4, uh, the ungodly are not so. The un- ungodly ain't blessed, right? They're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But watch your Bible. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let me close with giving you what that means. The Lord knoweth. If you look up that word knoweth, it, it, mean, it has various words that give us some insight into the depth of its meaning. Let me give you the words that stood out the most to me that I believe fit the context of this passage most adequately. Are you ready? Say amen. First, the word knoweth means to be acquainted I think of the, uh, another passage, the best commentary for the Bible is the Bible itself. Remember when Job said, he knoweth the way that I take. The Lord is well acquainted with you. The Lord is well acquainted with where you are. The Lord is well acquainted with what you're doing and what you're thinking and what you're needing. He, he knows what you have need of before you even ask. The Lord has not forgotten about you. He's not able to forget unless He chooses to do so. And the only place I find in Scripture where the Lord chose not to remember is when He cast my sins uh, as far as the east is from the west uh, and chose never to remember those against me again. Glory to God. The only thing that He'll forget is what He chooses not to remember. And that wasn't me. That was my sin when I got it settled at Calvary. The Lord is acquainted with you, but also implies the word kinsman. Woo, glory. (laughs) Mm. You know, this is a good example to you today. Elijah just came home from college, and he's got plans to continue his education as the Lord leads and guides and directs, and we're going to help him with that. But let's just talk about this for a minute. When we send him off, I say send him off, he was 30 minutes down the road. Amen. Uh, but when we sent him off to college, daddy and mama kept tabs on him because he was our boy. We had a vested interest in his success. And we gave much advice 
Mama did a lot of help with homework and helping them understand some of the math and some of the classes that maybe the professor wasn't so clear on. And, and my point is, uh, as parents, we gave a lot of advice because he was our boy, because we had a vested interest in him, and we wanted to see him succeed. This is the concept behind what the verse is saying. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. He has a vested interest in you as his child and wants to give you instruction and teach you in the way so that you can become the success that he designed you to be originally. Somebody shout amen. Woo! I'm glad he knows my way. <laughs> I'm glad he cares for me. I'm glad uh, that he ain't never done me nothing but good, and that ain't proper grammar, but it'll preach. Amen. Uh, I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, has a vested interest in my health and well-being. Because it's the thief that came to destroy, to kill, and to steal. Jesus came that we might have life. And that we might have it more abundantly. Don't get that backwards. The Lord knoweth the way that I take. <laughs> mm, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Now you can look at that in two ways. You could take it as the Lord knows the way of those who are living in the righteousness of Christ. And that's true. Or you can take it the Lord knoweth the way that you need to go in order to live out the benefits of righteousness. And both are true. The Lord not only knows which way you're going, but He knows which way you need to go. And He knows the corrective measures that you and I need to take to get from the path we're on to the path we should be on if there is a, a need for reconciliation. Amen? So the Lord knows. that He knows all. And you need to know that God's blessing will rest on those who follow the Lord. And every bit of this chapter is true and i'm just glad to tell you today in spite of all the troubles in spite of all the challenges in spite of all the conflicts the spiritual warfare in spite of the the nights i woke up in the middle of the night under heavy spiritual warfare demonic dreams that woke me up satan messing with me see satan don't come to you in your strength he comes to you when you're most vulnerable and weak it's like them cowards over there in the Middle East that use uh, children and mothers as shields. That's what Satan does. That's a spirit of Satan. Amen. That's exactly right. I love my, I love my clapper, don't you? <laughs> I love you so much. That's right. And the devil will do you that way. And boy, he takes them. Low punches. He'll, he'll throw some low punches, won't he? The devil will try to damage you and hurt you. He'll mess with your children when he can't get to you. He'll mess with your wife, uh, daddy, when he can't get to you. He'll mess with your pastor. Amen. And he might use your mouth to do it. He'll, he'll take anything he can do to try to mess up what God's doing in your life and in the life of your church. I'm going somewhere with this. The Lord says that if you follow him, that you're still blessed in spite of all the persecution, in spite of all the problems, the trials, the, the agony sometimes. It does get rough. I'm not denying that. But I'm telling you, I'm more blessed than I am burdened. Amen. I'm more healed than I am hurt. <laughs> mm, I'm more happy. I'm more happy than I am miserable. I'm more blessed than what the devil can throw at me. The devil don't have a pit deep enough 
to hide me from the goodness of God. Amen. The devil don't have a problem big enough to throw at me that'll uh, overtake me and God and where we can't fight that problem together. That's what a blessing is. That's what it is to be blessed. And I'm telling you today, every single bit of this is true. And if you'll set out to serve God, you're going to have persecution. You're going to have problems. You're going to have trials. But you'll be blessed and people will wonder and they'll be amazed at how you can survive such atrocities and how you can overcome such problems and still have a pep in your step and still have a song in your soul. Can I get an amen? Still have joy unspeakable and full of glory and still be happy hallelujah well, why the Christian church ought to be the most happy bunch in the world and if you're saved and you know it then your faith will surely show it put a smile on your face God's on the throne and if you're saved he's living in your heart and he's leading you into paths of righteousness for his namesake and he wants to bless you in spite of all your troubles You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, Please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCuddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.